0: People all over the world, including right here in Lakeland, know that there's areas in their life that they need to change, including you and me. And um, we see this, especially at the beginning of the year. Some people want to stop smoking or get rid of their anger issues. I've, I've listed a few of them here in case you can't think of any in your life. I've just got a few here. Um, Some want to stop eating junk food. Some want to stop gambling. Some want to stop being depressed. Some want to start reading the Bible. Some want to exercise more. Some want to pray more. Some want to save money, spend less. Some want to change their single status. And I don't mean on your taxes either. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I know I'm getting close to you. but someone a better job? I was looking at some of these New Year's resolutions. Let me just read some of them. Some want to travel more. Some want to spend more time with their family and friends. I said quit smoking. Learn a new skill or hobby. Get organized. Some want to get organized. One, one uh, statistic that I was looking at was eat healthier and diet. That was 71% of the people. Exercise more was 65%. Lose weight was 54%. Save more money and spend less. That dropped down to 32%. <laughs> Quit smoking, I saw, at 21%. Read more at 17 Drink less alcohol at 15%. Get another job at 16%. Then I came across some Christian New Year's resolutions. I'm just reading this stuff. If it lands on your toe, just go ahead and say, ouch. Be a peacemaker. Hello. All of you like to fight. Number two, only do the things that are pleasing to God. Number three, always work, do the work of the Lord. You know, there's a lot of people in Christianity who think that only pastors and evangelists and prophets and teachers and all the rest of those guys and all staff members are the only ones that do the work of the Lord. Can I tell you that is false? If you are not doing the work of the Lord, guess whose work you're doing? Number four, triumph in Christ. Number five, die to self every day. Six, walk by faith. Seven, always be rejoicing in the Lord. Whew. You know, if we could get that one right. Give thanks for everything. Here's one. Let Christ be exalted in your body. You mean it actually involves me? Yeah, New Year's resolutions involve you. Number 10 was be humble. I was reading... Um, a statistic here and this is what I read so if you disagree with me you're really not disagreeing with me because I'm just repeating 64 percent of new year's resolutions last longer than the first month 46 last longer than six months and 12 percent are successful You see, we all struggle to find the power to change, but that's what the problem is. We're trying to do this in our own power and in our own strength. You know, you know the thing. I was in business for 28 years. Motivation, positive attitude, you know, make make those cold calls for those of you that don't know. That has nothing to do with living in Florida or up in the north. But I want to ask you some questions this morning. What is your power? How much power do you really have? How much strength do you really have? How much willpower do you have? You say, well, I'm a pretty focused person. Enough to have lasting change in your life. You know Brandon the other week, he talked about this, about our weaknesses. Remember that? How many of you are here when he talked about weaknesses? Let me just read this passage. 2 Corinthians 12:9. My grace is sufficient. So grace, you can put Holy Spirit right there. This is a spirit of grace. My grace is sufficient. It's more than enough. And it's always available for you, not for the pastor, not for the elder, for each one of you, from the youngest to the oldest. Teenagers, I'm talking to you today. The sooner you learn this, the better off you'll be in your life. You don't have it but the holy spirit is more than enough for my power is being perfected it shows itself more most effectively in your weakness or in your flesh i want to just talk to you about three things that are necessary for change in your life three things necessary to understand to bring about change in your life first of all Understand the corrupt and unchangeable nature of your flesh. Okay, those of you that think you're all spiritual, we know you're not because we're not either. We still have flesh. Still have carnal ideas and thoughts. Still are tempted I know you're in here and you think, well, if I can just get to the age of 45, I won't have temptation. Wrong. Every day we're faced with temptation. And if you say otherwise, we're not going to believe you. Okay, I just want to get real with you. You have flesh. Paul, in the Bible, it was a Pharisee, studied the word was diligent, very disciplined, very smart, intellectual. But he says in Romans 7 about changing his desires, and he can't do it. He can't do it in his own strength. It's a real struggle. If you don't believe me, I'm just going to read some passages to you. This is Romans 7:14 through25, and I've chosen the message uh, version to let it be a little different than the norm. I can anticipate the response that is coming. I know that all of God's commands are spiritual, but I'm not. No, this is what he's saying. He's not. Isn't this also your experience? Yes, I'm full, I'm full of myself. After all, I've spent a long time in sin's prison. What I don't understand about myself is that I decide one way, but then I act another. Doing things I absolutely despise. Let's be honest with ourselves. If we ever do things that we absolutely despise and we wish we wouldn't have done it, raise your hand now. Yeah. i got both hands and one leg up. And Let me keep reading. So if I cannot be trusted to figure out what is best for myself and then do it, it becomes obvious that God's command is necessary. But I need something more. More than God's Word? Remember, He was a Pharisee, studied the Word, but He's saying that He needs something more. For if I know the law, but still can't keep it, and if the power of sin within me keeps sabotaging my best intentions... I obviously need help. Need help. Just keep that for yourself. We're going to come to it, where the help comes from. I need help. Let me find my place. I I realize that I don't have what it takes. I can will it, but I can't do it. I decided to do good, but I don't really do it. I decided not to do bad, and then I do it anyway. If my decisions, such as they are, don't result in actions, something has gone wrong deep within me and gets the better of me every time. It happens so regularly That it's predictable. The moment I decide to do good, sin is there to trip me up. I truly delight in God's commands, but it's pretty obvious that not all of me joins in the delight. Parts of me covertly rebel, and just when I least expect it, they take charge. I have tried everything, and nothing helps... I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? You hear the struggle in him. You hear where he's trying to come to grips, so to say, trying to figure it out. He says, I struggle with this change. I love God, but not all of me loves God. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, we come in church, sing these songs. You ever asked yourself if all of you really loves God? Romans 7, 24, in the King James, it says that, this is warring against Him. I love Jesus, but not all of me loves Jesus. I love the Word of God, but not all of me loves the Word of God. I think it's interesting that we're reading through the Bible this year. And um, I think that, you know, it takes some discipline to do that and stay caught up. How many of you are working on the catching up part. You're a little bit behind. Yeah, yeah. I read just chunks of it because I'll be honest with you, I can't do it every day. Just just those verses like that. And besides, I like to read things kind of in order, um, maybe organized or whatever. But because um, I like the story, I like to follow the pattern. But I just want to encourage you: jump in, jump in on it. If you don't, if you don't have it. Um, get with one of us, we'll get you the sheet. You can jump in on it. So I love the Word of God, but not all of me loves the Word of God. I want to do the right thing, but not all of me wants to do the right thing. It's called yielding to temptation. So I'm going to ask you, do you find yourself saying these kinds of things? Do you find yourself warring? against yourself or against your mind why is it that we let God in the house at salvation but we don't allow him in every room of our house why do we do that and the second thing is understand the purpose of the Holy Spirit in our life now I know some of you are saying oh yeah yeah I'm Pentecostal. I speak in tongues. I'm not talking about speaking in tongues. I'm not talking about praying a wonderful prayer. Oh, well, he's just gifted with, you know, he can pray, and it's just so eloquent. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the person that's inside of you that possesses all power To radically change every area of your life. The Holy Spirit. We all know that the Holy Spirit comes into us at salvation. We know that. This is what is inside of us. For those of us that are struggling in one area or the other. You need to realize what you have living on the inside of you. You need to realize that He possesses all power to radically change every area of your life. It's one thing to have the Holy Spirit. It's another thing to have the Holy Spirit have you, which means you surrender and you give up your desires for His. You let Him have control. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this death? But there are, I'm reading uh, Romans 7, 24 and 25, but there are something, there is something else deep within me in my lower nature that is at war with my mind and wins the fight and makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. In my mind, I want to be God's willing servant, but instead I find myself enslaved to sin. Now I know. Enslaved to sin, I know that's that's harsh in our society. But if you're giving in to sin, you're enslaved to sin. I'm enslaved to sin. See, so you see how it is. My new life tells me to do right, but the old nature is still inside of me, and it loves to sin. Oh, what a terrible predicament I'm in. Who will free me from this slavery to this deadly lower nature? Thank God it has been done by Jesus Christ our Lord. He has set us free. So who will save me from this sin-dominated life? Teenagers and older teenagers. I'm telling you, I'm not exempt from this. And you're not either. Who will rescue me? Listen to those terms, rescue. We're not talking about, oh, well, you know, I'll just... You know, reach over here and pull my... No, rescue. As in you're dying. Rescue. And Paul answers it in Romans 8. And he says it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one. There is now therefore no condemnation. I want, I want to, I'm going to read this and I want you to pick up on how many times the Holy Spirit is referenced. How many times? No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We all know this passage. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that I was, uh, it was weak through the flesh, God sending His Son in the likeness of sinful flesh for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, here we go, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal man is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Here we go, verse 8, Romans 8, 8. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Why? Because it's sin. This is why you hear me talk about sin and I refer it to things that we're doing that don't please God. I'm not going to argue about what you think sin is or isn't sin. How about we ask God what pleases Him and what displeases Him? Moving on. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. So we've established that. It's salvation. Holy Spirit comes in. Now, if any man live not by the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead to sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. You say, well... Then, if the Holy Spirit lives inside of me, then I'm not dead. And I don't sin. And it really doesn't matter. No, it does matter. It does matter. We're not, my whole point is, we're not given the excuse to sin. We have to recognize what's inside of us and available to us to cause us to overcome the flesh. Not you and not your decision to do it. That will never work. Never work. But if the Spirit of Him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells within you, He that raised Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the Spirit that dwells within you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh... You shall die, but if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many are led, here we go, led, for as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba. Father, in other words, when we get saved, He becomes our Father, God becomes our Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our Spirit, then that we are the children of God. The children of God, can I tell you, God never intended for us to live this life without the Holy Spirit? Never. Genesis two seven. Remember when God breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life, the breath of God. He breathed His spirit into him. I'm not talking about oxygen. Genesis two twenty seven. And if you eat from this tr- the tree of the knowledge of good and evil on that day, you'll surely die. They still had oxygen. They were still breathing. But the Spirit of God had departed from them. And then three chapters later, the Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become, and every inclination of the thoughts of their hearts were only evil and were evil all the time. We cannot live without the Holy Spirit at work in us and without His power in us. The purpose of the Holy Spirit in our life is to give us the power to live a transformed life into God's image. It's not your power. It's His power. And therein lies the problem. We find ourselves trying to do, live this Christian life in our own power, in our own strength. Well, I'll just do this. Well, I won't go there. No. It's not your power. It's His power. And so number three, understand that true change only comes when you surrender to His will or to His power. Your willpower is is good, but it's not good enough. Your motivation is good, but that's not good enough. You have a choice. You can walk in the flesh or you can walk by the Spirit under the influence of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 16 through 25. I advise you to obey only The Holy Spirit's instructions. Not your great ideas. Not your willpower. Not what you think is best. Only the instructions of the Holy Spirit. He will tell you where to go and what to do. And then you won't always be doing the wrong thing for we naturally love to do evil things that are just the opposite of the things of the holy spirit that the holy spirit tells us to do and the good things that we want to do by when the holy spirit has his way with us are just the opposite of our natural desires these two forces within us are constantly fighting at one another trying to control and win over and our wishes are never free from their pressures on us. When we are guided by the Holy Spirit, well, you will no longer force, have to force yourself to obey the laws. But when you follow your own wrong inclinations, your lives will produce These evil results. Now listen to these evil results. Impure thoughts. Impure thoughts. Eagerness for lustful pleasures. Idolatry. Spiritism. Hatred. Fighting. Jealousy. Anger constant effort to get the best for yourself, complaining, criticism, feeling that you're always right and everyone else is wrong, wrong doctrine, envy, murder, drunkenness, wild parties, and all sorts of things. Let me tell you again, as I have before, anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, He will produce this kind of fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness, self-control. And none of these have any conflicts with the law. For those who belong to Christ have nailed their natural evil desires to the cross and crucified them there. If we are living now by the Holy Spirit's power, let us follow the leading of the Holy Spirit In every area of our life. You say, well, I just thought that, you know, the Holy Spirit, you know, that's a spiritual thing. And so we're just talking about spiritual things. No, I'm talking about every area. Of your life. Like your marriage. Like being a dad or a mom. Like in school, you say the Holy Spirit really would help me? Yeah. Yeah, He will help you. So from this passage, every one of us, here's what I, some statements I'm going to make from it. Every one of us has desires of the flesh. When I say everyone in the Greek, Hebrew and English, that means everyone. The Holy Spirit has desires that will lead us to His perfect plan for our life. You say, well, I don't know what God wants me to do. Well, you hook up with the Holy Spirit, do what He wants you, and He'll lead you to the best plan possible for your life. The desires of the flesh are the opposite to the desires of the Spirit. The flesh fights against the Spirit. When we follow our fleshly desires, our life produces evil results. I just listed those. I just read those to you. And those, the, all of those sins are, can be deduced down into four categories. Sexual sin, emotional sin, sins of excess, and spiritual sins. Next. Next. From this passage, when you follow the Holy Spirit's desires, our life produces good fruit. Love, I listed those, remember? Love, joy, gentleness, self-control, remember all of those things? When we belong to Christ, our fleshly desires are nailed to the cross. That means you need to nail them to the cross. If you're going to accept Jesus' salvation for your life, you need to nail those things then to the cross and count them as dead. Well, it's just my weakness. No, his death on the cross is sufficient to help you overcome everything of the flesh. No crutches allowed. No crutches. Because of what's inside of you. We are to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in every area of our life and live by His power, not your power. So the question is, who will save me? The answer is the Holy Spirit will and His power will. But you're going to have to yield to Him. You're going to have to follow His lead. You're going to have to lean into Him. Let me just share part of my testimony with, with you. I got saved early on in, in my life, and I was raised a Pentecostal. My parents are Pentecostal. My grandparents are Pentecostal. I was raised that way. The only thing about it was is I had to go to a boarding school that was run by the conservative Baptist. And if you're Baptist in here or watching over the Internet... I'm not being critical. I know, I'm fully aware, there's all kinds of different uh, categories of people that are under the Baptist label. I can tell you one thing. In some parts of the world, the Baptists are more Pentecostal than the Pentecostals. In some parts of the world, the Catholics are more Pentecostal than the Pentecostals. But anyway... This conservative Baptist boarding school did not believe in speaking in tongues, and they felt that anyone who did was of the devil. So in senior Bible class, when they taught cults, my denomination was listed as one of the cults. And we're sitting right there in Bible class. Hallelujah. But I realized early in my walk with Christ that I had issues. I had fleshly issues. You say, no, not you. Yeah, me. Yeah. And don't sit there and act like you don't have me either, because I know. I know. And I know who to talk to to find out. if I. But I needed what those just kidding, just kidding. But I needed anger to be removed from my life. You say, no. Yeah, I did. I needed loneliness to be removed from my life. I needed to forgive people that did me wrong. Does this shoe fit anyone in the room today? I needed to get rid of lust. It's not just teenage boys. Not just men. It's men and women. Need to get rid of it. I needed to get rid of fear. And so I realized that I needed the power of the Holy Spirit to change my life and get rid of those things in my life. I, I, I realized this early. This is why I love to talk about the Holy Spirit. Me and the Holy Spirit, we are tight. And I want to encourage you. You develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. It is amazing. Just telling you, I treasure it. Nobody is going to come between me and the Holy Spirit. Nobody. No devil, no demon, no way, no way. And so I realized that I needed the power of the Holy Spirit to help change my life. And here's one thing that I realized. It's always easier to do something that you want to do than something that you're forced to do. You know, it's like coming to church. How many of you used to come to church because you had to? How many of you come to church because you want to? How many of you know that coming to church because you want to is way, way, way better than because you have to? And so I started to ask him to change my desires because I I wanted, I didn't want to fight this thing. I knew that He could put His desires inside of me and take away those fleshly desires. I know some of you, you never heard this stuff before. He can put His desires inside of you so that those fleshly desires are either removed or the strength of them in your life go way down. Way down. I don't cuss because and and have to work at it or whatever. No, that desire is way down. I just picked one. You put any one that you want in there. If he takes it away from you, it's not a struggle for me not to smoke. It just isn't. Actually, I have no desire to smoke. But that's not me. That's the Holy Spirit in me. And let that be hope if you're in here and you're struggling with any one of these things. It could be smoking or drugs or out, It could be anything. It could be stinking pride. So I started asking him to change my desires. So I started trading my desires for his. And guess what? He started doing that for me. And so, some of you have heard me say, in the mornings when I wake up, I trade my desires for His. I yield to Him and purpose to yield to Him all day long. And guess what? He gives me opportunities to prove if I really mean it. You know how it is. Oh, God, forgive me. Never do that again. Promise. And then here it is, like right in your face. So that's my secret. That's what I do. I tell him that I want to serve him. I really do. And wherever that fleshly part is, that remember I was saying, you know, you love God, but not all of you love God. You love the Word, but not all of you love the Word. You give those things over to him, and then he puts the want to inside of you want to so I yield to him I tell him in the mornings that I'm serious about serving him I tell him that I'm relying on him and his power and then when I'm tempted here's another thing when I'm tempted I ask him to help me some of you may disagree with me With this statement, I'm gonna make. I believe personally that when you're tempted, if you will ask the Holy Spirit to help you, you will overcome. I believe that. Say, well, you don't know how strong it is. No, you don't know how strong the power of the Holy Spirit is. God never, God expects us to yield to the Spirit. I cannot be a good person by myself without the goodness of God, which is a fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives goodness to us as we allow Him to control us and allow Him to change us. The Holy Spirit gives us self-control. As we give ourselves over to Him, the Holy Spirit will give you love as you yield to the Holy Spirit. You see, the devil always tries to make it about you. He'll say stupid stuff like, um, you, can't, you can't get to God until you get it all to, have it all together. No, I disagree. You go to God and He'll help you get it all together. Amen? amen. He will change our desires if, that's the key, if we ask Him. You can walk in the flesh and battle all day long or you can walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and He'll give you His desires. It doesn't take a lot of willpower. It takes yielding to the Spirit. Yielding. Every day, we should ask for the Holy Spirit's help to get rid of bitterness, to be a great mom and dad, husband, wife. Ask Him to help you in your marriage. Oh, well, I'm reading these 75 books. Okay. Ask Him to change your unforgiveness to your husband or to your wife. Ask him to ask him to take the hatred out and give you love. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't love him or her anymore. You haven't given that to the Holy Spirit. You haven't. Ask him to help you be a good businessman or businesswoman. You say, seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Having a business for 28 years? Yeah. You can ask the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will give you creative ideas that nobody else has. He will help you solve problems. When people come to you with problems or customers come to you with problems, He'll give you the answer. And it flows out of you I'm going to say this as delicately as I can. It'll flow out of you almost in a natural way. Now, it's not you, but it's the Holy Spirit. But it comes out of you. Wisdom will come out of you. Say, well, I don't know. I don't know what to say. When the time comes, He'll give you what to say, He'll help you have peace, those that are in turmoil. Holy Spirit will help you not to be so negative or critical. You say, did you have to say that? Yeah. Yeah, I did. He'll help you to be positive, encouraging, uplifting. He'll cause you not only to... He won't only put that inside of you, but He'll run people in front of you. So, so that you can demonstrate the Holy Spirit in your life and give those words of encouragement and, and, and pray for somebody and give hope where there's hopelessness. Holy Spirit wants to help you in every area of your life. And I want, I want you to seriously think about that because too many times we come in church and, and everything's all grand and everything, but what about the other six days a week? With the other things that we've got to do. And we have to do them. I'm telling you the Holy Spirit wants to come and be involved in every area of your life. Every area of your life. Let me read this to you in conclusion. Hebrews 4.12. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who's been tempted in every way just as we are, yet without sin. Verse 16, Hebrews, what did I tell you? Hebrews 4, 12, it's Hebrews 4, 15, and 16. Verse 16, Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. One commentary puts it this way. In this verse, it parallels between Christ, Jesus' temptation and ours. The fact assures us that Jesus can personally relate to and em- emphasize with our feelings, our frustrations, our concerns, and our emotions we experience throughout our lives. But even more, He has the power to help us overcome if we only rely on Him in all situations. Because Christ knows and is moved with compassion By our weakness, and is able to relate to all that we experience in life. We can confidently approach God, knowing that our prayers are welcomed, desired by our heavenly Father. That uh, that meeting place is called the throne of grace, because from it flows God's favor, His love. His help, His mercy, His forgiveness, His wisdom, spiritual power, and spiritual gifts, and the fruit of the Spirit. It's all found at the throne of grace. And you and I get it by surrendering to the Holy Spirit, by realizing who He is and what He's got so to say. He can deliver the goods. He can deliver the goods for us. We've got to get to the point where we realize that we don't have a 1% chance of being successful without the power of the Holy Spirit. Every day, that grace is available to us. His power is available to us to transform and to change our lives. Psalm 37, 5. Commit thy way to the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He'll bring it to pass. Another version says it this way. Depend, or yield, or surrender, or rely completely on the Lord. Trust in Him, and He will help you. Give yourself to the Lord. Trust in Him. And He'll be on your side to make His desires come forth in your life. Let's bow our hearts together. You know, too many times even as young people, we try to live our life by our own strength. We hear all this stuff about God and what He expects and the Ten Commandments and, you know, all of that stuff. And we think, how in the world am I going to do this? I... I And we struggle with temptation. We struggle with anger. We struggle with different things. And even there's times that we just, we actually get depressed about it. And we think, oh, I can't do this. We get discouraged. We think that we've overcome something, and then here it comes again. I'm not denying those things. What I'm trying to tell you is that the Holy Spirit will help you overcome. I know it sounds so simple, but if it's so simple, then why, why don't we do this? Why don't we lean into the Holy Spirit? Why don't we ask for His power? Why are we, why are we trying to figure this all out with our head and with our own might? And Yes, I can be that dis- self-disciplined, and yeah, I, I can just you know focus and, and get through it. No, no, no. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you that possesses all power that does nothing but give you the fruits of the Spirit in a dynamic way. Why would you not want to yield to Him? And then the want to thing. Ask Him to change your want to button. Switch. Switch. Tell him to put his desires inside of you so you want to love. So you don't want to lash out in anger. So you don't want to yield to the flesh or lustful thoughts. Why not tell him to put his desires inside of you so that you'll want to serve him fully. So that you want to let him into every room of your house. Why, why not do it that way? Why, who, who wants to fight? I don't, I don't want to struggle with sin. Well, you know, I just got to prove it. No, you don't. Christ did it already. He made a way for the forgiveness of sins, and he gave you the Holy Spirit to give you the power to overcome You know, Heart of the Father is changing. We're emphasizing covenant community. How awesome would it be to have a group of people here at Hot FM who are not just Pentecostal and speak in tongues, but who are actually led by the Holy Spirit And it comes out in their everyday life. That's my prayer today. That we would be a people that are in love with the Holy Spirit. And rely on Him. Counting on Him. To change us into His image. Mary.
1: you all would stand up. That'd be great. What we're going to do is we're going to have our prayer circles now. So this would be a great topic. If you haven't been with us when we've done the prayer circles, we have prayer leaders that meet in different parts of this um, building. We want about 10 people in a circle. So if the leaders will raise your hands, you can gather around them. Let's just have, try to limit it to around 10. I'm going to be up here if you want to gather up here as well. So, we're going to pray about this topic. We're going to cry out to the Lord for more of the Holy Spirit, more fullness of the Holy Spirit in our own personal lives, but also in our community. So, keep your hands raised. Wave your hands if you're a prayer leader. Okay, come on out of your seats. It's okay to take a step. Just come in these groups. We're going to pray together. If you don't want to pray out loud, you don't have to. We want everybody to be involved. Okay, so maybe the groups are bigger than 10. It's okay. That's a good thing. There's still some groups up here that don't have that many people. If you are looking for a group. So what we want to do is to pray and invite the Holy Spirit, like Dave was talking about, we we want to be a community that's ablaze with the Holy Spirit, that's filled and overflowing with His moving, His presence, and His power. And so we all recognize our lack in our own personal life, right? So let's pray for ourselves, but let's pray also for our brother and sister and for our community, that we would be that people that would be inviting Him and that He would overflow us in ways that He has not done yet, okay? Everybody with me? So here's how we do the circles. Basically, when I say go, the leader's gonna start out in praying and then you can go around your circle. Typically, the way that we've done it is we'll just go around clockwise. And if you don't wanna pray, you don't have to pray. But we encourage everybody to put in their supply. And so we're just gonna go ahead and and go after it. I'll open uh, up in prayer and then the leaders can go after it. So let's pray. Father, our heart's desire is to be a people that are filled and on fire and ablaze with the Holy Spirit, that you are overflowing us, that you're placing in us your very thoughts and desires and that your power is made manifest in us not only through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, Lord, which we need so much more, but through also the working of him in our lives to create the character and the image of Jesus in deeper and deeper ways. So we're asking you now, We bow before you, Lord, and we're crying out to you for greater measures of the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, you said on the great day of the feast, you stood up and said, is anyone thirsty? Let him come to me and out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Lord, we haven't experienced the rivers the way that we need to. And so we're coming to you again. We're thirsty and we're asking for you. Let the rivers of the Holy Spirit's power and life and working flow out of us, and flow through us as a people, and as a community. Let the river flow with power, and with anointing, and with the presence, and the nearness of your spirit, we ask in Jesus' name. Okay, leaders, go ahead, and then you guys can go around and put in your supply.